that because I did not want to give the prison officials the satisfaction to see me show any weakness. And if one doesn't prepare himself, mission to undertake it. Lances due to according to an unclassified Pakistan in front. All right, you ready? According to an unclassified summary of the March intelligence assessment, the two most lethal elements of the domestic violence extremist threat are racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and militia weapons. Or on like Twitter and stuff and uh, talking about the gulags and um, as a guy who's a convict and always kind of felt like a political prisoner <laughs> from in some regards honestly because uh, uh, I was sent to prison for marijuana and this was um, 2011 I actually was found guilty of it and then um, I did like six months in county jail like and you do half of that and then did interstate compact probation had to do like a mandatory methadone uh, clinic because I was on heroin like either we're gonna throw you in jail or you get on methadone um, and had to do like three classes a week all this shit got back to where I was about to get off of paper again and then started shooting coke with my dad and got popped off for that handing in a fake note to a probation officer and he got me on a phone call and he's like hey what's um what's this about this note that says you uh that you have a false positive for cocaine from lidocaine well if you know anything about those two drugs it's completely impossible for that to be <laughs> it's completely impossible uh and i had tried to pass this note off and i had cops barging like that put the door off the hinges on the next Monday morning <laughs> and uh, I went back to prison that uh, I went to prison for the first time and stayed in from February 2015 basically till the day after Juneteenth 2020 um, or 2016 sorry so like two and some years um, but I was out for three months of parole <laughs> literally got sent back right off of parole but um and then got back out tried to get a normal life uh was painting houses and shit and um went down to phoenix come to find out in phoenix arizona you can't get a house uh or you can't get an apartment if you're a felon like at any like big like they have these rules that basically uh, an ordinance where if you're a felon and i'm not a violent felon at all i'm talking like petty drug shit that they legalized that that marijuana they legalized that year that was in phoenix it was legal in illinois so um my life's completely ruined and i just lost two years of it and uh it didn't even have to be that way so um but that's my experience <clears throat> now um you know of course you get caught for a lot of that um Oh, yeah, and oh, so I was homeless and I started smuggling people, migrants across the border. And I thought I was like, you know, uh, doing something against, like, the man, so to speak, and making a little bit of money because I was fucking homeless. I was like, I literally slept on a sidewalk 
couple nights before I first did this shit and got myself off the streets. And I did it a handful of times, like literally like like got popped in my fifth one over like two weeks. Um and yeah, I went to prison for that. And I just got off parole. <laughs> so uh it's it's a bummer. And and you look at my skin tone, uh there's a, a green and red light up there. Uh, I'm white, <laughs> definitely white, uh, not green. Um, I wish, you know, maybe, uh, anyway, um, I'm not your, you know, I, I find the idea in this uh, white privilege just to be the most like denigrating and nasty thing when we're talking about the prison system. I hope that we stop using that because your skin color is not a universal because you'll find black and white people who are both privileged. You'll find, and all that times you'll see black people getting, you know, broken off a lot lighter just because they are black because that's seen as a mitigating, you know, mitigating and aggravating factors. And you can obviously find a large amount of white people who are poor and weren't ever going to um, have any opportunity to do shit in their life and we're born to basically be a loser just like uh, black people that are born to be a complete loser and really it's about 70-30 in each direction it's like 70% are struggling over here 30% are struggling and these upper crust people there's a lot of these liberals that are in that group that have found out that they can basically blame white people for everything the federal government has done at the same time, trying to um, grow these systems, just point them at the, their preferred uh, victim or their preferred uh, villain. Um, so, um, and you'll see that with the prison statistics. I mean, literally, right now, we're pretty close to parity where even, there are very few states where actually um, black people are like, uh, you know, it's a pain in the ass to even have these conversations. It's a gross conversation. I just want to say that race has a lot less to do than what the federal government and what the government is doing. And if you look at history of the prison system from that, like Solzhenitsyn, um, you'll see, okay, this is part of a bigger social milieu. <clears throat> and if, and because we can see these big like spurts of growth and also laws that uh, came about and created these, you know, booms in, in prison population. Because, first of all, the two times, 1930s and 1960s. What time was that? The New Deal, Great Society. Uh, what happened during those times? Well, during both times, there was lawlessness and um, like widespread like socialistic, communistic um, agitation. And that's not, and I know that sounds crazy and it sounds like McCarthyist. Um, no, it really, that, I mean, there was a big labor union for good reason in some, some time, but people forget also how violent a lot of the race riots in the 1960s were. Particularly Watts in Detroit, uh, there was, sniping going on where cops were getting shot on their way back to their house after their shift and had to drive in unmarked cars um there's there's all types of stories um 
and I mean, they've got it on film too. See, that's the thing. There was, it's not like some shit that was made up. And we're talking like indiscriminate killings. And these are black people who are like burnt their whole area of town down. And then we're shooting at cops when they're drawn into the hornet's nest. Um, and so we have this idea, like you hear a lot about like uh, Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street. And that's, that's like the big cultural um, but we don't ever talk about any of this like interceding time like the 60s and the 70s and except that there was like this wonderful like idealistic movement you know what was going on at the time <clears throat> that this country was at war with a ideological en enemy in uh, the USSR the, United, the Union of uh, Soviet Socialist Republics mind you that they called themselves Social or socialist republics, just just saying, just pointing that out. Um, but when that started to end, and Kissinger opened up China, we started sending some jobs away. You see, crack cocaine hit, but at that same time, the 1970s hit with Air America. Air America was a plan by the CIA to it was a like a tiny airline that was bringing in big troves of heroin from Vietnam or actually um well yeah from Vietnam and it was to uh, there's these gorillas that were fighting or they're like Chiang Kai-shek's like Asian land-bound army like it was like a because Chiang Kai-shek the nationalist leader of China was basically chased, chased out the Asian mainland and basically had this um, group of like gorillas that needed funding that were roving around these massive areas of jungle and basically were just you know uh, outlaws um, and people knew that they were there Chiang Kai-shek obviously went off to Taiwan and founded that or Taipei um, but they started seeing the black population as a like a place to off drugs and then that you know the um, jobs start going overseas uh, investment starts getting pulled out of some of these places labor unions also have part to do with this because mind you they choked out a lot of the auto industry through shitty ass jobs the teamsters messed up a lot of the the contracts because uh, mind you freight is a lot of what goes into um this whole supply chain of costs and if all <laughs> that freight is just all all costs just went up because of labor unions because it's not paying the worker that's the problem it's paying the labor union behind the worker because the entirety of our manufacturing has been driven overseas which is kind of odd because these are the same people that want socialism but they don't want any manufacturer they don't want like you need people paying into the tax code but that's not what they want to get they'll have some type of structured bullshit that they basically where you're and we could go on with this but um we're in the middle of a, a crazy time in human history but those are the big uh, issues that bumped up the the population of our prison was that Cold War era 
and also our relationship with um, China and Mexico and all these trade agreements. Uh, and you wouldn't see that if you're just looking at the cultural milieu of, of um, you know, prisons in America. You know, oh, you know, more crime, less crime, da 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 uh, Drugs, yeah, border maybe has something to do with it. Yeah, it has a lot to do with it. Um, has a hell of a lot to do with it. The availability of drugs, the laws that, because remember, prohibitions just drive drug laws and just drive drug trafficking. They don't actually like stop people from doing drugs. And so, um, and they've been doing this for a long time. This isn't not anything new. Yet we always use this prohibition stuff. That's why like, I'm baffled that marijuana is still uh, illegal at the federal level. I honestly think that Vicodin and Tylenol 3, you should be sold over the counter, like under six of them, like a pop tab. Because a lot of times, um, doctors, a lot of the bullshit that people, doctors actually get seen for is people just trying to get some fucking petty ass painkillers, and then they don't even get it. And so they go off and score dope. Um, and a lot of the preventative stuff isn't even a doctor's office kind of thing. Um, you can see other type of tertiary, you know, I mean, I could go on and on about this stuff. And I do have an essay collection that actually codes a lot of policy stuff. I'm kind of seeing where I want to, you know, put that out. But it doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to. But one thing, I, a caveat um, is, you know, who are they throwing in prisons now? If they're, and this is what I will say. None of these prisons in these prison towns that we're going to talk about, um, on the scope of Solzhenitsyn, and just remember, so like the history of the prison system, how it came about, um, and how all these places were built, and the laws and the culture and the characters and the criminals that were in them, and kind of just uh, analyze that over a long period of time, but, um, who are they going to throw in prison? Because these prison colonies aren't going anywhere. You see, all if you look at a map, and we're going to look at many of these maps of states, you have urban centers and some smaller towns, like in Colorado, where I'm at, you have Colorado uh, Springs outside of Denver. Denver is the biggest one, um, and they send people to prison. Colorado Springs, it's a very conservative area. Um, it sends people, they actually enforce the laws. You'll do like eight times the amount of time out of there in Mesa and Grand Junction, Mesa County. Um, certain counties are sending and certain counties are actually on the receiving end where they're, they're housing all these facilities. Well, what that is, is that's keeping rural America alive in some areas of like, like I remember doing prison time in Stateville which is in uh, Joliet, Illinois, which is like this Chicago Southland in, um, oh, what's the name of the county? Damn, I'll remember it. But anyway, it's um, Joliet, like, you know, the Blues Brothers kind of shit. Uh, I'll remember the name, but anyway, uh, it's gonna bug me. It's the Will County, that's what it is. Anyway, that's where a lot of, like, um, uh, black people moved out of Chicago when it got really bad, is the South Chicago. They talk about white flight. There's also black flight. 
um, black people are getting the hell out of these towns at a certain point because the services, once you're trying, if you're trying to have a good life, you're basically living in a third world country. And these you know, people need to look into the gaping maw because we have a issue where we're just like, um, we just let these these things fester. And um, unfortunately, people like me can't. You know, I, I, you can imagine me going off to prison. And I did all right. I, I was always, I had, you know, there was a couple guys who were, um, who were assholes. Uh, but you could tell that they, they came in with an energy that just everybody's, whoa, that guy, whoa. Um, and yeah, so, but it's just average people in there, just basically by, and we're going to talk about all this stuff plenty of time, but uh, your bond, how the county sets your bond, um, the, crime, the crime that you do, and also the, the social feelings toward that crime, like you get caught with fentanyl 10 years ago and it would have just been another opioid. You get caught with uh, fentanyl today, yeah, you get smacked upside the tater. I mean, you, you might fuck around and get a murder charge depending on what's in your phone, you know? Um, I don't, you know, I have to look at the laws, but there have some pretty intense laws. Meth is like that still today because of the meth labs. Guess who does meth? People of my complexion. <clears throat> and they get slammed. In federal court, they're what some of the highest sentences you'll ever see are white people doing meth. And more than half of the prison system is white people. Uh, like right on par with their population numbers. Do you ever hear that? Do you ever, well, you know, it's actually kind of the federal system's up to par. Which one do you want? More white people or less black people? <laughs> less black people at any cost, even if they are criminals? <laughs> like, this is so ridiculous. And and nobody who's actually been there is talking about it, because if you've ever been to the joint, you know it does serve, serve a novel purpose that you don't want to go away and have another novel purpose where basically, you know, you get that period of time like the French Revolution or something where you're watching people like roving lynch mobs and you know uh, revolutionary tri uh, triumvirate or tribunals like you know well all your stuff goes to the revolution uh, we're gonna cut your head off huh like <laughs> like what this shit is crazy out here dude you got, like you guys are just need to crack a history book a lot of the, in, in my former political party um the, the Democrats. So, yeah, I'm gonna bring some um, some reason and also just prison. At the bottom line is discipline. That you, you it, it, for and it doesn't have to be prison. It could be community correction. It could be rehab. It could be a lot of things for some crimes. Um, but discipline is not a bad thing, especially if you are deficient in it to the point where you know you're you're sitting there sleeping on a sidewalk or something you know um and or discipline to go to your mental health stuff like because you owe yourself the you know you owe yourself the care to actually take care of yourself right um and sometimes you can't do that and you're actually doing somebody a favor but giving them three hots and a cot and pointing them in the right direction so anyway my name's jay Karpka. this is American Archipelago, and the next essay we're, we're going to be talking about 
where Ghislaine Maxwell is locked up. I've done it prison time at uh, a MCC in San Diego, but it's built the same exact way. They're all the same way. They're like big towers in down, down like in the downtown of um, like three major cities: L.A., San Diego. Um, there's one in Chicago and there's one in New York. I think there might be one in Florida. But <clears throat> anyway, and we're just going to talk about prisons and how they were built. We'll get some history about them, yada, yada, yada. And this is just another one of several essay collections on Big Brother Holding Company. That's me, Jay.